Hello, beloved, and welcome back to another episode of Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is season 16, episode 162. We are diving into our James chapter 2 study. I am taking another deep breath as we dive into this um, book of James, which I think um, was so funny. Last week I talked about how I listened to Joyce Meyer's um, study on the book of James. She did a 10-part series on the book of James. And when she started out (laughs) and said, I'm going to make an attempt to study the book of James, the whole audience was like, oh no, here we go. So um, this has been so much fun. James 1, beloved, last week we got into so much Greek language, and it I'll, I'll just speak for myself, it opened my eyes so much to understanding words and understanding the beauty of persevering through tough things that the Lord tends to bring us through. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure if you've listened to part two, but you haven't listened to part one, go listen to part one. If you're... You know, it's just common sense, and uh, you're not going to be able to understand the whole um, chapter of James 1 if you if you don't listen to both parts. And um, again, I'm not doing it for the plays, it's not about that, but that you would come knowing how to be fully equipped when you read James 1. So, the verse of the day on Movius Ministries is Mark 9.50. This is a verse... That's pretty commonly well-known in the body of Christ. This is out of the Amplified Version. Jesus says, Salt is good and useful, but if salt has lost its saltiness, its purpose, how can you make it salty? How, how will you make it salty? Have salt within yourselves continually and be at peace with one another. It's a beautiful verse that Christ encourages us to be set apart from the world where last week we read in James where it talks about being unstained from the from from the world which is like wow and again it's something like I, it's something I got to work on and reading James 2 there's a few things in here that I'm going to have to work on as well and I'm sure uh, you'll find yourself in that same place and that's fine uh if you would like to know that was the song that was playing before just now it was called Oh no, let me find it. It was called Mirage by M83. Um, And the song that's playing now, it's called Open Heaven at Bethel by William Augusto. Here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons if you are a spotify listener there was a question posted below that you can answer if you have a smartphone about this study on james chapter 2 i had proverbs 29 because i have that note copied and pasted so i guess i copied and pasted it from proverbs 29 we're not studying proverbs 29 we already did (laughs) great chapter but if you would like, you can rate and review my show on Spotify or Apple Podcast or whatever platform you are listening on. Beloved, let's open in prayer. 
Father, I thank you for today and the things that you're you're, you're continuing to encourage us with to remain steadfast in whatever we're going through, Lord. Lord, I just pray that in this episode, lies would be torn down. I pray for strongholds that are built up in people's minds that fight against the knowledge of God, that those walls would be torn down, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we dive into James 2, in in a passage of scripture that is from your from your heart and your lips Lord a passage of scripture that many Christians have had a tough time trying to discern what James says in here and what Paul says in Ephesians give us wisdom Lord Jesus you said the Holy Spirit will show us all things will lead us in all truth do that in this episode Lord We delight ourselves in you. We love you. Thank you that we're saved by your grace and not our own works. You saved us by your unmerited favor. I pray for those who are crushed in spirit over their sin. Lord, I thank you that your grace can lift that up. And I pray that if anyone's dealing with that, Lord, you would lift them off of that in Jesus' name that they would trust in the sacrifice of Christ for their sins. God, I pray the words that come out of my mouth would be true. Help me be very careful in what I say, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for just continuing to use me on this platform to bless and equip your body, your beloved, your Hephzibah. pray for peace upon this person's mind in any tough circumstances lord they would kneel down and they would draw near to you every day they would draw near they would go back to your word they would have beautiful fruit in their lives that would glorify your name lord i pray that the meditation of our hearts and the words that come out of our hearts would be pleasing towards you lord We worship you, we praise you, we fear you, we love you. And I pray that your word today would go forth in power. I pray for open hearts and open minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, James 2, beloved, let's get this started. I do have a water here with me so I can stay hydrated. So thank you very much for staying patient with me. Today, beloved, uh, we are going to be reading out of the ESV version. We will not be going into as much Greek as we did last week on chapter one, but I urge you, beloved, to take notes on the Greek language. It will, I, I really feel that it will bless you. James starts, James 2, verse 1, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. So, as you hold the faith 
that you have in Christ. And so does everyone else. He's, talk, he's saying, my brothers, everyone, not just one person. He's saying, as all of you have the one, have the one faith, show no partiality. Now, when the text says, my brothers, it also means sisters in Christ as well, in the Greek. Other members of the body of Christ. Now, to show no partiality means to not have favoritism. We can take this further into the use of Jesus' words, where Jesus says, who are you to love people who only love you back? Even sinners do that. James continues and takes it into an example or a scenario that would play out in the church. So, verse 2. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man comes in with shabby clothing, also comes in. So, let's just stop right there. Let's stop at verse 2. So in today's, so obviously, if we look at this verse contextually during this time, if someone was wearing a gold ring, it would be very, oh, wow, this guy's got money. If you see someone coming to church today and they're wearing a, they're wearing a Banana Republic shorts with um, $50 really nice just shoes and a... Um, Kelvin Klein dress shirt, you're going to be like, oh wow, that guy, he's got a good head on his shoulders, he makes money, what kind of car is he driving? That's another thing we can we can bring into a, a, a contextual um, a contextual kind of look at it. So you see someone come into church today and they might drive a really nice 5 Series or they, and then some other person might drive a Prius or some other person might drive a 2000 uh, a 2001 Toyota Camry. Verse 3, James goes on and says, "If you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, so let's just honestly, I do think this is okay that I'm doing this because James is putting it all goes back to contextuality. I don't know if that's the right word or if that's correct someone comes into church and you're only paying attention to the person who looks like they're wearing a million dollars the person who gets out of the car but doesn't want to but doesn't want to the, the person who just looks like they have it all together James says, if you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place. Okay, so let's just, okay, hang on. So it's not just you sit here, but you, let's just say Tom is his name. Tom, you sit here in a good place. He puts him on a pedestal. Peter says, I think it's 2 Peter 1 or 1 Peter 1, that everyone in the body of Christ is in equal standing with one another. Now, James goes on and says, while at the same time, you say to the poor man, oh, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. First things first, the guy saying this has got a huge pride issue. He's got favoritism in his heart. He's putting on a show for other people to have approval over him. And those other people are going to be people that are going to look at his pride and not tell him to repent from it verse 4 have you not 
made dis- uh, distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. So, he goes, you do all this and you make these distinctions among yourselves. Right, right there, among yourselves. It's not even a judgment that God has given you about someone else. Just like when, when, when there was someone sleeping together in the church in Corinth and Paul... Um, Paul wasn't judging among himself. God was on his side saying, you need to deliver that man to Satan so his flesh may be saved on the day of salvation. So, he says, you've made this distinction among yourselves. It's all upon you. And you have become judges with evil thoughts. Now, the Greek word for the word distinctions is the word diacrino, diacrino, and the definition is to separate or to discriminate. So, let's just plug that in real quick. You, have you not then made discriminations among yourselves? Have you not made separations? Paul says in Romans... Um, I think it's Romans 15, 13. I have my have my Bible right here. Hang on one second. Um, nope, it's thir- it might be 13, 15. Nope. Hang on one second. It is Romans 16, 17. I'm sorry. It connects with what with what James is saying here. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eyes on those who cause dis- dissensions. So it's the same it's the same Greek word. It's well, distinctions or no, I'm sorry, it's two different words. I'm sorry. On your eyes on those who cause dissensions and create obstacles or introduce temptations for others to commit sin, acting in ways. So he's saying, watch out for people who are causing divisions. He goes on and says, they are not serving our Lord, Jesus Christ, but their own appetites based on their own desires. Paul says at the end of verse 17 to stay away from them. So... We can just we can we can connect that right here real quick. So verse five, listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Some of you guys might know the Hillsong singer, um because I've got her music on my... Hang on a second. Uh, her name is uh, Taya, I think, and she's got this song called... I think it's called either Mercy or Narrow Road, but it says... Um, her, the, one of the lyrics is... um Where the poor in spirit are the richest in heaven. So it's just like connecting with what James here, what James says here. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith? And heirs of the kingdom? So he's saying, you guys are saying, 
you guys are making distinctions. You're saying, oh, well, the poor here, people who don't look like they have a lot of money, oh, let's put them here. But James is saying here, God has made them rich in the faith, which is so much more abundant than having worldly, you know, riches. James goes on and he says, which God has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. You've dishonored him. Hebrews says, outdo one another in honor. James finishes in verse 6 and says, Are not the rich the ones who oppress you, the ones who drag you into court? Now, the Greek word for the word oppress is the word katadonastuo. Katadonastuo. I'm trying to pronounce that correctly, but the definition is to exercise harsh control over one. So not just not just not just have control over someone, not just harsh control, but to exercise. What does it mean to exercise? It means to constantly do something. To put something into practice. You're boom boom boom. When I'm exercising, when I go to the gym, I'm constantly working on me losing weight. So I go on the stair stepper. And then I go on the elliptical and then I lift weights. I'm exercising my body. So verse seven, James goes on and says are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Now, name here, and the word name, it, where it says honorable name, it translates into Christ. It's, you know, because Paul says there's no Jew and there's no Gentile. And I don't know if this is, I, don't, I, I might be wrong on this, but Jews are, back then, were very wealthy people and they're still very wealthy today. But there's, there's no Jew. There's, we are all one in Christ. And, you know, just... This, is, this isn't in my notes, but there's a really good pastor that I used to listen to a lot. I was in this one season of my life. I was working at a gym. And I was listening to this guy's sermons. And they just blessed me so much. I listened to one of the... I, I watched... I listened... I um, read one of his books called Free by Kevin Butcher. If you are a person who has struggled with just... Literally, Matthew 11, are you tired and weary? Are you burnt out on religion? If you are burnt out on that, that book free is exactly what you need to read. Go check it out. Great book. Uh, Kevin Butcher knows the Greek and the Hebrew language like the back of his hand. This guy is crazy good. My mom used to, uh, this guy Kevin used to be my mom's pastor long, 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 long time ago. Um, and Kevin, uh, whenever he speaks scripture, he makes it very abundantly clear to keep things in context and he keeps himself to that same accountability. Um, but he says that he was talking to Kevin said he was talking to, um, he was talking to this Hindu lady and she goes, we can do everything you Christians can do. We can raise people from the dead. We can save people sit we can save sick people we can deliver demons we can do all these things but she goes the number one thing we cannot do is when paul says there is no jew there is no gentile we are all one in christ that is the beauty of how christ distinguishes himself so beautifully from all other gods 
that is it. Verse 8, if you, to continue, so verse 7, to kind of get some overview and some context here. Are you not the ones, and he's going back to the people who were showing favoritism, or the word he uses here is dis- distinctions. Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name which you once called, meaning Christ? Blaspheme the name of Christ, which you were called. You were called by that. James could get totally bitter right now and go, well, look where you once were. You were a wretched sinner. No, now he's saying you were called by Christ. So verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Transgressors. Sorry about that. Verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So, the law. The the word the law is a broad term of then you look downwards of what is in the law. What are the things that we have to keep? Which, of course, we know we couldn't do it. So, to continue, verse 12. So, speak... And so act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. I'm trying to put that together. Hang on. S- uh, speak and so act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is with for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, okay. Let's back up. Let's look at verses 8 through 13 in context. Okay. Verse 10 backs up a deeper meaning of 8 and 9. And beloved, we have seen this is how the apostles write. They they make a big context. They make a statement and then they back it up deeper, but they make it simple. James said in 8 and 9 that if you love your neighbor as yourself, great. You're good, bro. Then he brings the subject back to having partiality and favoritism. Then you break the law of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. He brings it all back together. keeps it sweet and simple. Sweet and simple. And that right there, beloved, breaks the whole doctrine of, oh, well, I just have to love myself first before I love anyone else. No. James is saying loving your neighbor as you love yourself means not having partiality towards other members of the body of Christ. That's it. Not having partiality. So you can't... It's just not... It's not doctrinally sound. It's not. I may get a lot of hate for that. But one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, Paul says that love is unselfish love. And... This whole, you know, I, I did a message on my podcast a while ago about the doctrine of the self-love thing going on, and I, I took a deep dive into it. I, I went super deep. I didn't just make a few points and go, you're wrong. No. Beloved, I think you guys know, based on my podcast, that I'm not that kind of guy, and thank God for that. 
if you're talking, if you're using the, the, the term love yourself in the context of dying to yourself and picking up your cross, fine. I think that's totally true. But if loving yourself is, as a Christian, just giving in to your fleshly desires every day, whether that's swearing or quick to anger towards people or um, uh, any type of sexual integrity issue or... Um, you're sleeping around with someone, um, you're going to parties and hanging out with people. Paul says to not hang out with unbelievers. You're going out and hanging out with those kinds of people. Totally forget the point I was trying to make. Um, I totally, I'm sorry, I, I totally just lost my thought. Anyway. So James ties it all together in verses 8 through 9 and says, If you fail one part of the law, you fail all of it. Because the law itself is every rule we had to follow that God gave to his people in the Old Testament. At the end of James, at the end of this verse 13, James says to have mercy on others, to not have favoritism. Jesus said, be merciful to others as your Father in heaven is merciful. It's so simple again, beloved. Now, how do we know that? Because it's what it, it, that is what James starts out with in the subject. It's the context. James comes out with the topic the, the Holy Spirit wanted him to talk about. Then James goes into detail of the overall message that he's giving. So as we go into this Oh, Lord, help me. Faith without works is dead. Let's just break these verses down real quick. Again, let's not show partiality. When we go to church and we see another young adult walking with Christ, let us be slow to speak and quick to listen and slow to anger because we can be so quick to, oh, you got to do this. You know, a lot of that our motives behind that can be very unloving. We can have a sense of fear over their lives instead of, God, I trust you in what you want me to say over their lives right now, and I'm just going to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to offense, and slow to anger. And because we read last week that God is what will, will give you wisdom without reproach, he will not put you down or have an angry manner towards you if you need to say something to someone again don't don't get angry at them paul says in philippians 3 he goes i told you guys this stuff before but i don't mind telling you again i don't mind why because i'm not in this to just say this and go oh look at me i'm saying all these cool things no i'm saying that because i love you paul is showing he is the, 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 the right person in John 10 where Jesus talks about the enemy, which, which translates again into a false teacher. Where Jesus says the false teacher just wants to come in and just wants your money. He doesn't actually care about where the sheep go. So if you're dealing with a pastor who is very quick to anger about, about repeating themselves again, their motives behind what they're saying, what they're saying, what they said to you previously is probably very wrong. I don't mind repeating myself. Because I care about people so much in the way that they walk, in the way of, in the way of holiness, in the way of, of 
righteous living and being set apart from the world and and just knowing that deeper part of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So, okay. Here we go. There is a, a, a tiny piece of insight that I grabbed that really did open my eyes to understanding what James means by this when he says faith without works is dead. Now, uh, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to, before we get into these verses, I'm going to throw, I'm going to share a story with you guys. I had a friend, I'm not going to mention, I had a friend a long time ago, I'm not going to mention their name. And I had a conversation with them and they were saying that if you don't have works with your faith, then your faith is dead. You're not saved. And I thought, well, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 came right to my mind. I don't, that's not true. And, um, we were talking on this via uh, Messenger on Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore, any type of social media. But, um, and she goes, or, I'm sorry, I just mentioned that it was a, it was a girl. I'm sorry. Anyway, the, she says that, she goes, um, I said, well, how would you back up Ephesians 2, 8, 9? She goes, well, I just know that this says this, and the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And so I honestly, I felt a nudge of my heart to just drop it and take it to her husband. So I went to her husband, her husband talked to her. And so here I am, beloved. I, I say that to say, I've said this before, for those of you that are Star Wars fans, we cannot deal in absolutes. When we look at this, we think, oh, it's a contradiction. That's it. No. Paul's abundantly clear in, I think it's 2 Timothy 3.16, the word of God is it's all God breathed literally it's all from God's mouth it's all from God's heart not man um, so God is not double minded beloved he knows what is true he is sovereign he knows what's righteous he knows what's wicked he knows what's crooked he knows what's straight he knows what's perverse he knows what's holy so, uh, we, 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 let's, as we, this is a James 2 study. Like I said last week, it's a James 1 study. It's a study, right? So let's study this. So James kind of starts to change the subject here. Um, verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed, and be filled. James goes, just go on. You go in peace. Holy Spirit's with you. I'll pray for you. Instead of, oh, let me pray for you right now. Be warmed. Be comforted. Fill your belly with food. James goes on, without giving them the needs the things needed for their for the body what good is that now when james says what good is that it can also translate into what is the benefit there is no on either side beloved so it makes so much sense to me personally when i read verses 14 through 16 
tied in the whole context of James 2. James talks about people's clothing at the beginning of this topic that he, he brings up clothes he brings up clothes again. And as you can see for yourself in verse 15, he goes on and talks about food. Something we need every day. But Jesus said that we don't live on bread alone, but on the word of God. This is this is something else I kind of I kind of um uh I think the Holy Spirit really showed me this a couple weeks ago. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. How in the world does someone do that? Because they don't live on bread alone. Jesus Christ was feeding on the word of the Lord in those days of fasting. That's how he did it. <coughs> sorry um and I, I i i i mean i a long time ago i did a i did almost a three-day fast and god did so much this was this was like i think this was just after after quarantine for for covid and then everyone got let out of their house but everyone had to wear masks i was fasting for three days and i got this I'm like two and a half days in and I got this like it was so weird but I got this like taste in my mouth and it tasted like it's really weird it tasted like peanut butter but it tasted like something I had never tasted before and I felt on the inside of my stomach I was like full like I was like like if I wanted to go and get a Big Mac with a medium fry and a large Dr. Pepper I didn't want it. I, I felt so filled up by the word of God. And uh, beloved, I just say that to say, I just hope you can experience that as well. And then I say that in all humility and, and yeah. Um, I have a song coming up here. Here we go. Okay, if you want to know the song that's playing now, it's called Co- Koinonia in His Presence by Waldner worship okay so let's continue i want to i want to read my note again because i want to make sure it made sense when i it made so much sense to me so james just got talked got done talking about faith without works is dead how can you say to someone go and be clothed without having action from that it's it's where's the benefit it made so much sense to me personally when I read verses 14 through 16, what we just read, tied in with the whole context of chapter 2. James talks about people's clothing at the beginning of the topic, that he and, and he brings up clothes again. He says if you see someone coming in with clothes, and you put them, you say, oh, you sit here. I think that right there backs up. There's no faith in that in, in, in that. There, there's no work in that faith. No, I just, I don't, I don't know. No, I don't know if that's right. Scratch that. I'm sorry. Seeing how the scenario played out in the church, this is obviously theoretical, James speaking. When someone comes into church and they're not clothed well, but you don't do anything about it, it, it backs up again. There's no works there. So I hope you kind of. I really do hope you're seeing what I'm trying to connect there. Um, but 
he goes on, James, and he talks about food, something we need every day. But we don't live on food alone. Alone is the key word there. But we also live, I'm reading back to my notes, live by what Jesus said, the words of the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you guys another story. My friend Trey, my wonderful friend Trey, I love this guy to death. Um, his God is just invigorating beautiful work in his heart. He's a great guy. I love hanging out with him. We see movies together. We do Bible studies together. We go swimming together. We work out together. We laugh together. We, we're great friends. Um, um, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like, Trey, if you are listening to this, I'm not saying this to put you down. I love you. I love you with the love of Christ, but I'm just, just don't be, I just don't want anyone to like look down on Trey or Trey be offended if you're listening to this, but, um, Trey over the last three weeks was coming over to my house and he was wearing the same type of clothes when he would come over and do Bible studies with me. He comes over, we go swimming, then we, we're going through the book of John. We just did John 14 today. Beautiful passage of scripture um lots of red letters in there same thing with john 15 and 13 (laughs) um and i'm i'm like seeing trey's been wearing the same kind of clothes when he comes over to my house and i felt my heart just very tenderized and i just said trey do you um do you have enough clothes and he kind of got offended a little bit and, and i get it um, and I gave him some very nice clothes. I gave some of my clothes away to him. So, um, I made him dinner that day. I made him vegetables with meatballs and sauteed mushrooms and onions with ranch. And I'm not here saying, that, oh, look at me. I'm doing all these things. I'm all self-righteous. No, but I'm saying there, there's my, there's my works backing up my faith. You know, cause I could go, oh, do you have any clothes? Oh, well, I hope you get some. I hope God blesses you with some. Oh, but here I am in my closet with with so much, with 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 Banana Republic, you know, shorts and really nice shirts. And this shirt I only wear once a month. Oh, I, but I can't help you. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, beloved, that cannot. No. I I I I had a rich young ruler moment. Now, I'm not saying I'm rich, but I mean, I had a lot of clothes and I, the Lord just put on my heart, give your clothes away. And so I gave Trey some really nice Banana Republic shorts. I gave him a, a, I, I, I gave him like four shirts that I recently bought, but I wasn't angry over it because I, I said, no, I, I'm called to pick up my cross. I'm Romans 12, 1. I'm not entitled to anything. Paul says that I'm supposed to make my my body a living sacrifice. That's it. He says, he's, Paul says, in view of God's mercies, as you look at God's mercies, as Lamentation says, they're new every day. Make your body a living sacrifice. And that's what I did. I, I had works to back up my faith. There is a 
particular this is this is what I got from my friend Ryan when him and I talked about James 2 we talked about James 2 a while ago um, we did a Bible study together and he goes he goes I think what James is saying here is you can see someone say oh I believe in Jesus I don't I mean I go to church but kind of just do my own thing do you really think that's no that's Jesus says, let your repentance, let your metanoia have its fruit. When you come into faith with Christ, Peter says, repent, metanoia, from your sins so that you may be saved. But repentance is not a changing. It, the, the, the word, I think there in the Greek, is a noun. It's not a verb. That's why Jesus says, let your metanoia have its fruit. Let it have its actions. Let the changing, because that's what it means. That's what repentance means. It means to, as you change your mind about things, as you look inwardly, as you do a moral inventory, then have fruit from it. It's that simple. Because if repentance is actually having action, then that would make sense of let your action have action. No. No. Good. That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we're going to throw that down the drain. Okay, so, yeah, I just, I, you know, and I made dinner for Trey again today. And, um, I say that in the fear of the Lord. I say that in with humility. So, verse 17, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Now, the Greek word for the word dead is the word nekrinos, nekrinos. And the definition is destitute of force or power, inactive or inoperative. So it's just, it may be hard to believe, but beloved, we're going to dive deeper into this. So don't worry, don't, don't back out of here. Don't, don't clear out the podcast. I... I, I, I took very drastic measures as I did James too. So don't worry. We're going to dive deeper. There's some things that I want to say and a little bit here that are really, I think, going to bring you to ease. And it's not me sugarcoating because Paul says in Timothy 2 that sugarcoating, he says, leads to like, he, I think he says something like death or it leads to spiritual destruction, something like that. Now, the reason why James asks as an example to someone he is using theoretically to show their to show their faith apart from works is because it's impossible. James goes on and gives an example of a person of of that person might say to back up their faith, but James says even the demons believe that that God is one and they shudder because they've seen God's wrath. So if demons do have faith that God is one, that can't save them. They're not saved. So you must be thinking now, well, does it, does it, how does it make sense where Paul says we're saved by our faith through God's grace, not by our works. I get that beloved that right there, that looks very evident that that is a clear and abundant contradiction. Now, to dive in deeper here, I think, I think 
what James is saying is that there is a particular type of faith that a Christian has. A repentance that comes from their hearts. The changing, uh, there is a changing of the mind. Then fruit comes automatically because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very important, beloved. There are some Christians out there that like to categorize certain works that would um, that would grant you to be saved. I've seen this, and it is appalling to me, honestly. So, I'm running here on 45 minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be able to close this up in an hour. Or so, Lord willing, we'll see. So. trying to find I'm trying to go back to my notes okay these types of Christians they will nitpick and only say certain works work and um, you know what beloved uh, hold on to that I want you to I want you to write that please and I mean this with only love write that down right now in your phone in your notes and put it put it deep in your heart if you can remember it remember it but there are Christians that will nitpick and only say certain works that work to you being saved. The reason why I want you to remember that is because, obviously, after James, Lord willing, I've um, explained how we're going to dive into the book of Galatians. There are people that came to this church in Galatia that Paul, you know, congregated and did exactly that. They nitpicked and, and criticized certain works that you had to do to be saved. And Paul says that is totally no, not true at all. So, this is not true. That only certain works work for you to be saved. So, just to like give an example. I'm kind of feeling like I should just cut it off now and make a part two because I'm going a little bit off script. So, beloved, I'm sorry. I'm actually going to cut this off. I will see you in part two.